Today's episode of The Save Room is brought to you by Pale Blood IPA. From souls born and souls like distillery comes a new way to keep the nightmares at bay. Pale Blood IPA. With a malty backbone and just a blood tinge of orange citrus, hunters cannot help but seek this pale blood. Dexterously brewed to excellence using an ancient Sumerian recipe, lift the veil on your flavor palette and let the good blood guide your way. To this IPA. Pale Blood IPA. It's a great one. hunter to the save room this is a very special episode that we have been alluding to for very many it seems like years now daniel uh yeah it has been we've been writing in little notes on walls and random hidden pathways for people to find and scribbling on mirrors (laughs) (laughs) ourselves when we run out of wall right the save room will return in blood boys blood boys (laughs) we are the blood boys and this is the blood boys blood cast if you that's need, a mouthful it's a it's a big mouthful <laughs> yeah. if you need more clarification uh this is not a review episode and not like a traditional a traditional episode for the safe room we which kinda... is a, a terrible episode <laughs> uh it's more of a just like an open forum mm-hmm. blood discussion about from software's 2015 hit playstation exclusive <laughs> bloodborne that just, like, tickles me so much that this game came out, like, three years ago, and we're fucking tearing it open like it just came out yesterday. Just now. <laughs> like, just now. Uh, where did that come about? Let, let's. I know we talked about it in a previous episode, but, like, we started playing it, like, basically at the same time in 2018. Mm-hmm. And I think fucked it up. We've, we've said it a few times, actually. I think it was the day you went to go get Dark Souls Remastered. Uh-huh. Um, you were like, hey, you're going to get it. You should jump on so we can like, kind of, you know, dip back into the Souls pool together like we did for Dark Souls 3. And I was like, um, I don't know. I kind of want to see you play it. And I was like, I just got this external hard drive. <laughs> Daniel's too. a watcher. I'm a watcher. A watcher of the night. <laughs> and I wanted to make sure that I was sold on it. But also, I was like, I got this back catalog. I still have Bloodborne. I haven't played it. And I was like, I don't know. Let me give it a spin. Because I just finished God of War. And I needed something new. And I felt like this was going to scratch an itch that hadn't been scratched in a while. You know, after we came off of Dark Souls 3, after we came off of Resident Evil 7 even, like, that sort of gameplay style and mechanic feel that, like, you couldn't get from any other game. To be specific uh, specific here, Daniel's referring to this thing we do on very certain games where we latch. Or maybe, perhaps, it latches to us. Mm -hmm. And we go fucking hard on that game. We do. Uh, We platinumed Resident Evil 7, like, literally two weeks after it came out. I think Mm -hmm. a little earlier at... Pretty much the same time. I think we were a day off. We were a day off, With yeah. each other. But it was honestly within two We did weeks. the same for Final Fantasy XV. I miss them boys. <laughs> we did that for a month. Yeah. Um, and Dark Souls 3, we didn't get that platy no. in that game, unfortunately. But we went real, real rough on that game. In fact, that was kind of my uh, 
what I like to refer to as the clicking point mm. with me and Souls games. Because Dark Souls three, yes, okay. specifically three. Because I tr- I tried Demon Souls way back in the way, yeah, same. way back in the day, and it was uh, rough stuff. I lasted four minutes and was like, "Fuck this! Mm-hmm. How is this fun to anybody?" And turned it off. That's actually how I was with Dark Souls one. After we did the Dark Souls three yeah. thing, I was like, "I need something that feels like this in my hands." And I heard weird things about Dark Souls two, and I was like, "All right, let me try the first one." And which, I, by the way, totally unfounded yeah, after playing Dark Souls two on the on the ps4 the sins of the uh scholar edition mm-hmm. i mean it's easy correct yeah it spams enemies also correct mm-hmm. but it's got a really interesting world uh and it's got a certain i, I was telling my boy Earfund, it's got a certain charm it seems it, like that, it did that that like because one in three are super super bleak but I, I i gotta say if you have not played dark souls 2 because of the th- murmurings mm-hmm. Literally give it a try. Go ahead and give it a try. Yeah, I watched him play it for like 15, 20 minutes that one night, and the visuals were really cool. The world was super different than the worlds of Lotharic and uh, Yarnum that we're going to talk about in this episode. But so with Dark Souls 1, when I picked that up, like after Dark Souls 3, I was like, it doesn't feel right. And I just like clunky. It felt clunky. I wasn't really sold on it. And I was like, I could get why people play this, but this isn't what I want right now. And then I moved on to something else. I think I had Bloodborne at that point, but still I was like, You had juggling. for a good while. I think you got it last year, right? I got it in like twenty sixteen okay. and I had just been juggling hardware space for such was a that long last time. Last year, oh my god. Yeah. It was, was when we were still living in Ovita. It was in track of time. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I don't know, we just happened to get into this. It was the beginning of June. I started playing it, and you're like, you playing Bloodborne? And I'm like, yeah, dude, you're like... I smell the blood. <laughs> he, like, he's, I heard him howl a little bit. I was like, dude, you okay in there? He's like, nothing. So I, was nothing. just a, a, a quick, brief uh, kind of history of my relationship with Bloodborne. Like I said, the Demon Souls, and then mm. um, I think I tried playing, like, Dark Souls 1 at a certain point, and was like, whatever. But Bloodborne I was super interested in, because I was like, oh, it seems... More because I kept on hearing it's more accessible than Dark Souls because it's faster and, and mm-hmm. more aggressive instead of defensive. And I was like, yeah, I bought it when it came out and I fucking hated it. It I I spent five hours doing that fucking beginning stretch that like where you go past the first mob and and I like think up I, and down Central Yarnum. Right. I <laughs> I think I got as far as the cleric beast and just like lost it. And I was like, I think I traded it back in. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you, save roommates. I'm gonna tell you exactly yeah. as it happened. I traded it in, and I was like, I don't like this fucking game. And they're like, Okay, cool. They're like, Why? Like at the game stuff. Yeah, because they they question you. They're like, Why are you trading this back in or whatever <laughs> or returning it? Yeah, they questioned me on a like grilled me on the history of a controller. Like, Why are you trading this in? Is there anything wrong with the sticks? I was like, uh, uh, uh. Here, here's the thing, and I'll make this clear. And that's the important thing we said. You played it for five hours. You didn't like it. You traded it back in, and that's right. perfectly okay. Like, that you got into it like that, and you're like, yeah, this really isn't for me. Like, you by no means have to shoulder through a game that you're not enjoying. And no. I think it's cool that you put it away, and then you're like, well, I'm going to like this at one point, because it had been hailed over the last few years as being, like, one of the best PlayStation 4 exclusives. And that's what hurt, because I was really <laughs> into the design of the game. So yeah. it's got this Victorian aesthetic, Victorian-era aesthetic, mm-hmm. and I wanted to love it. But it was like it was difficult and it was cumbersome and it was very obtuse to me at the time. But Dark Souls three, clicking point. Yeah, because Dark Souls three hadn't happened yet for you. No. Okay. We had that happen at the same time ish mm-hmm. for each other. Where it's like when I got past that first boss, it was like an awakening. I was like, oh, this is what it a fucking from software game. I can is. see so that. Went back to Bloodborne. Uh, finally beat it because that's not the thing I did and enjoyed it immensely more mm-hmm. to the fact to the point where it was just like. Whew, I, don't, I don't know if I like this more than three, because three was like my, you know, my, my, uh, uh, I guess, baptism yeah. into the series. Dipping and, your head into the messenger bath. But it turns out I was missing so, so much 
from that game is what we were discussing i think earlier about that i remember you actually going on this first second playthrough that you did uh, a year or two ago and you playing it and you talking a bit more favorable about favorably about it i don't remember this dark time when you're like yeah, i didn't like it i turned it back in i was like oh shit <laughs> i was very secret of it because i was ashamed oh really i was i felt ashamed i felt i did not feel like a a gamer sir it's With- okay we're not gonna blood shame you on air people people might tell you something uh along the lines of and i'm this is a trigger point i'm sorry audience get good get they good. might tell you to get good to sure. your face and you want to just be like oh you're just being a dick but it's like Ow, that hurts. (laughs) (laughs) I remember people reviewing Dark Souls 3 and, like, being, like, 40 hours into it, like, clockwise and still not having been able to progress far enough to review it or talk about it, like, Mm -hmm. at length. And people in the comment sections were like, man, you just must suck at video games. Like, just get good. Just get good. And it's like, some games, like, there's a level of difficulty and a barrier of entry. And I think this one is one uh, that meets that requirement too but as i think about it and now that like i've played all of the games and have enjoyed the fucking games yeah, so played much all. yeah pretty much. and then all like uh basically games that are in the genre as well including mm-hmm. the surge and neo so went back this year in the bloodborne and i asked myself a question and i think we both kind of locked eyes in this moment as whenever we're gaming me and daniel are definitely together holding hands i, I just want i want to be clear about that audience but we had this moment, and we asked ourselves one question. Can we platinum this game? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is a barrier of entry for us with most games, where it's like, if we think we can platinum it within a month span, we'll try it. But we'll the truth of the matter was, to platinum that game requires, I want to say it's damn close to mastery of the mechanics and understanding of what From Software is made. And I don't mean to gas it up like this much, but... He's right, Since though. I went after that Platinum and really saw every corner of that game, I've, I appreciate it so fucking immensely. Yeah. The, the artistry that went behind this singular game, an exclusive Cause title, I'm, no, nonetheless. Because your first playthrough, you probably saw less than half of what the game had to offer, and you only played around with one weapon that you didn't really even enjoy too uh, yeah, much. Yeah, that's correct. I was using <laughs> the, uh, well, what is it called? The Saw Blade. Yeah. Because it was like the cover art one, and I mean... PSX, the first year it was there, when they were like still showing off Bloodborne, they had the saw blade on the wall. Oh, that's dope. Like, yeah, like a model of it. And I was just like, fuck, that's cool looking. So, of course I used it. But you know what? It wasn't the weapon for me. Mm. And I got, you know, I, I actually, the first time beating the game, I still did it with that weapon. I was like, yeah. And then when I tried the axe, mm-hmm. which switches into a longer axe on this playthrough. It's so good. It was like a double clicking point. <laughs> like, you know how I got that Dark Souls 3 clicking point where it's like, I get this series. I love it. I understand that you have to use um, death as a way to understand the levels. <laughs> Through death comes insights. <laughs> exactly. I, um... <laughs> so when I used the axe, I was just like, what the fuck? This game is so, so good. Yeah. And now that it's easier for me to navigate its corners where before I was meeting uh, the blockade of death, I... Got to just appreciate it so much more. And I feel like you you got there too, right? Um, Yeah, I think I appreciate these games on a level on my own. But for me, I think a lot of it opens up and I appreciate it a lot more when I can share it with people. Um, Because there is a variance in play, obviously, with this game. Because not all of it is 
uh, optional. It's not all, you know, point A to point B. You kind of explore the world in your own way. But I like the experience of, like, the co-op playing it. It actually makes me appreciate the game and enjoy it a lot more. Like, hmm. having to slog through it by myself, that's some rough, rough stuff. But, like, being able to, like, start it at the same time and, like, experience the same thing similarly or maybe you're a little ahead and you're showing me the ropes through certain areas, it helps me understand and it makes the game click more. Because this game, it's... From Software has a tendency to do a lot of visual storytelling, a lot of storytelling that is very hidden that you have to kind of really grind for and discover on your own. Um, and if you don't find it, it might just come across as just very, um, what's the word, like vague or not as flesh out as it could be. So to have you come along and just be like, oh, I know this already, or like, you know, I've played before, so I know this is how you activate um, co-op or NPCs or this. And it's just like having other people there, it's, it's great. Like it helps the experience a lot. I was I was reading an article about this, and you know, full disclosure, audience, I have been watching lore videos. I've been reading retrospectives, just like wanting to immerse myself in this story mm-hmm. of Yarnum, uh, because I think it's one of the coolest examples of visual storytelling that, that only from software has really, really, really gotten right. I think so too. I mean, for Dark Souls Three being my only main experience prior to this, and and walking away like impressed when i still talk about like lothric and the story that that world told mm-hmm. and to come into this one and it's like it's still got like fantasy elements to it but it, you're right it is more victorian it is more uh, lovecraftian it's more of a horror vibe mm-hmm. and the story it tries to tell through every medium it can is so engrossing and grotesque and unlike anything i've ever played in this medium and it's it's like it, it has it shows itself in waves where at the offset it is like okay you're a hunter you've mm-hmm. arrived in Yarnum, you have to hunt beasts because it is the night of the hunt that's all you really got that's true you know the whole city is uh filled with you know people turning into hairy beastmen yep. <laughs> and other creatures worse creatures and you're not sure why there's like this what's interesting is that there's a central mystery to it that you're not even sure like everything is a question mark and then like <laughs> Every new thing that's introduced, every new enemy, the way they look, what they're talking about, every new area, what's happened to it, what what its history was, just looking at its ruination, is is like unraveling it, but also adding more, more layers questions of and quite, more layers, like, yeah. like mystery to I it. I feel like for every area I progressed to and every new thing I learned, I had a hundred exponentially more questions than I did before, and I'm like, I don't know that I get this game if I'm unlearning it as I'm playing it, but I don't think it was until I finished my last playthrough, which was just the other day, that I think I fully understood most of it. Like, I can't say I fully understood this game through and through. It's it's dense with the story it's trying to tell, and it's also, like, it's very vague, like I said before, so, like, open interpretation in some regards, but... I'm just looking at your syllabus that you wrote for us, sir. You want to get into some gameplay style? Um, let's see. Um, so we did our comparison to Dark Souls 3. Um, <clears throat> I want to read something that plays into this in? a lot. Um, and then I want to go into the quick legacy of it before we get into the... Um... I also have a little bit of a, a legacy thing here, but I'll let you do your shit first. So Dark Souls 3 is a game that is... It's got action RPG elements. Um, it's a little more, I guess, strategic in that you Very have to so. uh, worry about the sort of armor you put on because it'll weigh you down. It kind of will fuck with your poise or the way you attack, and you have to really think about this stuff. This game kind of forgoes a lot of that. Like you don't have to worry about like uh, what you're carrying on you affecting like your movements in battle or your stamina bar. And I think 
what was I going to say here? Um, there was a lot more reliance on shield play in that game. Whereas this one is like no shield, a lot of pairing, a lot of like uh-huh. quick, like sidestepping and action. And you don't really, you defend in different ways. So I think like people say, oh yeah, like it's, it's harder than Dark Souls 3. But for me, I'm like, nah, I actually think it, it's challenging, but I think it's easier than Dark Souls 3. Cause it's, I feel like the ebb and flow of combat feels very natural after a while. Once you learn the mechanics of the game and nail it and understand how, like, enemies operate with the parameters of, like, fighting you, so... There's a cadence to the aggression of, yes. the, of the actual gameplay. It's like like dancing and poetry at, at some moments. Like, from an outside perspective, it could look like just a lot of hack and slash, but it's not that. Mm-hmm. It really isn't, because it is like hack and slash with a purpose. And whereas Devil May Cry went with a more kind of... Um, I guess, gymnastic approach to it, a more showy, yeah. stylistic approach. This one's more like the working man's hack and slash. <laughs> you get in there to get the fucking job done, but there still requires a, a bit of precision and a bit of thought to it, but not to like total strategy, which I think Dark Souls leaned on. The most recent thing I can compare it to is, like you do, you compared Bloodborne to Devil May Cry. Uh, the combat is very grounded, and it reminds me so much of like the most recent God of War, God of War twenty eighteen, uh, <laughs> against its predecessors. Where, it says on the cover, yeah, gotcha. where uh, the earlier games, the gameplay was more like floaty, and yeah, it was hack and slashy, but it wasn't super grounded, and you don't always have to be super strategic. Whereas, like, I feel like God of War twenty eighteen and Bloodborne, it's that same ebb and flow of combat. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to learn the dance, you have to learn the cadence. Right, there's a dance that yeah. happens, and it looks like just brute as shit, but yeah. honestly. One of my favorite fucking mechanics is the fact that you can get your health back. Like, if you get hit, you have a limited time window. If you hit them back, Mm -hmm. that health goes right back to you. So it actually encourages you to To not be be defensive. This game actually encourages aggressiveness and taking Uh the forward stance and getting in enemies' faces. Their bosses that I fought where I fought them at range, did poor. But once I got up and, like, kept them at bay and they couldn't, like, attack in their normal patterns because I was giving it to them so hard, I felt like I had hit that clicking point for this game. Oh, for sure. And I think even the first boss fight, Cleric Beast is an example of that, where if you get in its face and, like, instead of trying to be predictive and, like, very, like, you know, the long long range uh, game, Mm -hmm. no, dude, fuck them up. Get in there. The (laughs) game encourages it and it rewards it. It's amazing. Um, I want to read something here. It's actually from the game itself. It's uh, when you go in your inventory after you get the wooden shield. Um, The description for it, the bottom part of it says, shields are nice, but not if they engender passivity. (laughs) And this game, like, does not, like, let you lean on the idea of being passive at all. Like, it, I think in its passivity, it tells you study. Like, be aware. Like, if you're going to play a fight at range, be watching. Be uh, calculating. And it's not being passive in that sense. It's just, I don't know, it feels more mechanical. And then speaking of mechanics, the fact, I want to just take a look at the trick weapons. Mm-hmm. Every weapon that you get, every uh, melee weapon in the game you get, basically has two formations. You know, for example, the the axe, you can almost call it a trick axe because it, there's that, a... You mean that initial hunter's axe? Yeah, the initial okay. hunter's axe is a smaller form. And then you, when you press L1, it turns into a longer, more range, but slower version of itself. Mm-hmm. And you can just fucking interchange between them in fact you can do combos that incorporate both if you just get the timing right yeah it's true if you keep your stamina high enough and like know how to sequence those attacks you can do just such damage yeah right (laughs) just imagine that the fact that it's like having two weapons as one that's something that's not present in previous souls games no it is such an interesting idea even the variety of 
ways of play within each weapon within their separate forms like with the axe like you can play it as a heavy like over the shoulder uh-huh. like heavy axe attack or you can actually play it as a ranged spear like if you right, do one right. of the lighter attacks it'll like just kind of poke real quick and there's um, bosses that teach you to like not just stick to one style too yeah. for instance like um uh, uh, oh amidala or mm-hmm. amygdala oh, they say amidala they do name. just Relax. Everybody. Oh, they like chant it in weird they ways. Fucking ch- Amidala. Amidala. So Amidala, uh, if you do the kind of overhead swipe with the long form uh, and tack its head, you mm-hmm. do bigger damage. You and do. You have a chance to stumble it. So otherwise, though, you're just kind of fucking doing the the chip game where you're just getting chip damage over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, you're going in, taking a quick swipe right. back and out, studying movements, going in. Or with that fight in specific, just go for the arms. There's plenty of fights that are like literally just a a very um, here's an example of how you should play, or here's the option for you to play in a way that's going to get you through. Like look at the uh, Shadows of Yarnum. Mm-hmm. That teaches you to play both bait the enemies and when to put, apply pressure on somebody that's like maybe not looking. Like you you watch and you have to be like, oh, he already did his like big special attack, so there's a limited time window for me mm-hmm. to do a big punish on him. I need to roll out and then take care of this one guy. Or yep. hey, use the environment that one pillar to fucking have them rope a dope around yeah. it where they can't necessarily do their uh, range magic attacks at you. Or I know one of them throws fire like a bitch. Yeah, it's like constant spamming like fireballs. I actually did that with a lot of enemies where I would zone them and keep like a pillar right. between us. These fights teach you to play in different ways and really going after that platinum, by the way, or maybe just going after seeing every boss and everything will teach you how to master that game. Anybody, I would say. Like, I don't 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 think that like, oh, I'm, I'm not good at these games. I feel like Dark Souls might be more toward that where it's like, yeah, you gotta be careful and it's gonna be rough. But this mm. one's just like, no, man, like this game will teach you throughout between its different encounters how to get better at it. It does. I mean, your initial uh, encounter with the the hunt with all these madmen who are fucking turning the beasts <laughs> in the streets and drinking blood from humans and shit, uh, they well, give them to you. They kind of drip feed you them like, okay, here's one. Here's two. Here's one again. And then you come into this crowded street area where there's like just a, a stream of them. And it's like if you bait them one by one you'll be successful. You even have the option to throw pebbles at them to kind of like get their attention and like make them come your way. So if you kind of do them one by one, you'll have the advantage. But if you rush in hard, sometimes when there are a lot of enemies, you can get swarmed like Dark Souls, like that style, mm-hmm. and you get killed like immediately. So yeah, you really do have to learn how to play. And I agree. After having put, I don't even know, probably 200 hours in this game, maybe 100 to 200, it's hard to tell. I would say yes. Uh, that I have achieved a level of mastery with this game that I have done with few other games. Very, and, yep, yep. And I initially thought too, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be good at this, but I think anybody, if you're willing to like stick along for most of the ride, you don't have to do all the shit that we did. You don't need to get the platinum to be good at this game, but if you stick along for most of it, you're going to get good at this game. You're going to have bragging rights. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, please don't let the notion of difficulty dissuade you from playing this game because I have to say, after having really, really played like every inch of this game and have played it for so long... It has broken into my top five of all time, for sure. Okay. It, it has jettisoned and knocked others off. So not just like, like top five like of all time PS4 games, but you mean like games of all video time? Video games. Okay, cool. Of all fucking time. I can respect that. Yeah. I mean, you know, take that as uh, hyperbole mm-hmm. as you want. 
You might as well. It's an opinion. I mean, we're often pretty <laughs> fucking hyperbolic on the show. We sure so. fucking are. But hey, remember when you mentioned the word pebbles? I should have interrupted you soon because okay. I've got some Bloodborne trivia. Give me the blood facts. Brought to you by the Blood Boys. So, uh, yeah, it's heavily implied that the pebbles you can pick up are actually petrified eyeballs. Oh, shit. Yarnum's denizens have a knack for plucking out their own eyes to commune with the old ones. And crows also love pecking eyes out, and most crows in the game actually drop pebbles that's crazy <laughs> yeah i remember like playing with you one night and you dropped that fact on me and i was like what you're like those are eyes <laughs> yeah but you know i wouldn't expect anything less from bloodborne oh there's so much that is unexpected in this fucking game i want to say to, lot, to add of... to the last point there you're saying um that there's a level of mastery to it um i think this game is a lot more forgiving than dark souls and that like you have the blood attacks you're talking about that window earlier where it's like if you're getting whomped if you get in that window you can get your health back and it, this game kind of gives you eases of play that help you stay ahead of it and, mm-hmm. and be good at it so i think it i don't know i don't know that it holds your hand but it definitely it's got systems at play that you can gank and and use to your advantage so. blood vials for example mm-hmm. you can batch those bad boys yep. uh ones that you pick up even if your inventory is full with like all 20 or depending on apparently the perks that you have mm-hmm. uh, through the blood gems yeah because i have up gems? to 24 yeah you can have more on your person yeah. which is fantastic actually i think it's the runes the yeah you're right the yeah. runes uh that you get which is another cool thing those are basically perks in the game and mm-hmm. i didn't pay attention to those the first time i went through it really having actually paid attention to some of the systems at play rather than like being intimidated by them fucking made my life way easier yeah in this game because you can play this game straight and like because huh? this game has action rpg elements so you do level as you gain um you come across enemies you kill them hack them up whatever whatever you get their blood and you get these blood echoes that you can use to level much like in the other games you get souls that you could level with uh and you can use those to put it into attack or stamina or whatever you want to and kind of gauge how you want to play the game based off of there but then you get like gem sets and you get runes and you get all these little rpg like things that help you bolster your experience and become better and more capable of handling and things bloodborne i would say i mean dark souls does this to an extent of course it but does. i feel like bloodborne's more than any single game uh in the series you immediately feel the impact of upgrading your character like no yeah. matter what stat you put it in it's just like i, I saw my vitality mm-hmm. when I'm, my stamina did fucking increase or i just uh landed a one kill on this guy where before it took two shots huh <laughs> it's yeah great. i remember uh coming off that central street there's that one uh like hooded monster with the great axe that like you can't fucking kill your first go down that street but you come yeah, back fuck a, that guy you come back a few levels later after you probably fight like the first boss and you're like yeah you're, you're mine now take this visceral attack daniel did you know this game uh was developed under the working title of project beast i did know that oh yeah let me just delete that uh anyway. and that's not because i looked in the docs it's because i did my <gasps> homework and read the wikipedia shit son <laughs> And then I got another fact because I feel like we're walking away from the mm-hmm. the introduction to this game. And by the way, guys, uh, it's a little late to say it, but spoilers as fuck. Yeah, hey, we're gonna spoil the shit out of this game for sure. Um, I want to talk about why you are you gonna look, read another fact from me? Yeah, real yeah, quick? yeah, I got another one. Lean into uh, it. This is from VG Facts, by the way. Check okay. them out. They got uh, apparently a VG is for video game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Miyazaki also stated that he had. I don't know why. I just copied <laughs> pulled this. It was half of a fact. I'm sorry. <laughs> Miyazaki also stated that he had always wanted to create a game set in the Victorian era, but felt that the video that the video game consoles at the time were not powerful enough for what he envisioned. According to producer Masaki, Yam- oh my god. Uh, Yamagiwa, 
<laughs> okay. Almost. The game was locked to 30 frames a second due to the team believing it would be the best action, uh, the best for action games. Okay. Miyazaki later stated that the decision was made because of technical limitations. Um, on that point, I do want to say it's because the game is super, super fucking richly detailed. Like There's every, a lot in it, a lot going on. Every cobblestone you can <laughs> see, uh, it, it's a lot of detail. But I would, I do really, really wish that the game was 60 frames because... Dark Souls 2, uh, Sins of the Allfather, whatever it's called, <laughs> is it 60 frames and it it helps, man. For yeah. Fights and like, you know, um, predicting attacks and shit, it helps. That's it true. I, I did notice some blurring and some washed out areas in this game, but it's, I don't know, I I think they did the best they could with the architecture they had. Sure, sure. The game. Um, there's a reason people are still talking about this game like all this these years later and still playing it and diving into it. This game has a lot to offer. It's so dense. Like if you play the base game and walk away from it, you're like, cool. Well, I guess I got Bloodborne in me. And I guess you know I'm I'm cleansed. But if you did what we did and fucking like overdose on this vile blood and we did the Chalice Dungeons, we did the fucking DLC. We went for the platinum. So it's like there is so much more to unpack than just what the game like presents to you on a base level so. always there on every level yeah. the lore people are still unpacking the lore and connecting the dots between like characters like lady maria mm. the doll and yeah, people are still finding like voice lines and code and shit right <laughs> right and people are still finding shit in the chalice dungeons yeah. where they're finding bosses that they've never seen before fucking three years after this game release that's wild to me you know well the chalice dungeons don't really hold your hand like if we didn't look that one up, we'd probably be shit out of luck. Oh yeah, yeah, because you have to um, <laughs> you have to finish uh, at least like what seven, eight dungeons in yeah. order to uh, get to the Tamarian Queen Yarnum to, for that trophy. Mm-hmm. Shit, son. Yeah, but along the way, if you generate a because you basically have to gather the materials, these ritual materials, and enter a code or whatever, whatever. If you get the wrong materials, or maybe you enter the wrong code, or maybe you just search for somebody's. Uh, dungeon that they've already done you might get a varied experience from the one you actually need to get the materials to right. see the queen so it's there's so much nuance with even that alone Shit, like, like how the fuck did they make this game i don't know it's impressive though yeah they started developing in 2012 i remember at the same time that dark souls 2 was being made i guess that's why uh because uh mikami mikami <laughs> miyazaki, miyazaki wasn't directing that game or didn't direct that game i remember or he just produced or some oh, shit okay yeah yeah but what else you got in the syllabus, my my dude? What, um, we'll what's see, next? We hit through some gameplay style. Uh, we got action RPG elements. We talked about blood attacks. Why uh, is there a section that says blood boyfriends? What does what does that mean, Daniel? Oh, um, well, I didn't want to do this on air, but there's a heart around it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got something to tell you later. Okay, we'll take that offline. <laughs> um, <laughs> we got lore, world. Do you want to dive into the lore bit? Because I feel like I, we can do an entirely other bloodcast. That's four hours about. We the could lore. we could be the Vati Vids of podcasts here. Let's okay, let's condense this down to just like what's your favorite pieces of the lore that stick out to you? Because I have a few in my mind that just kind of like that's interesting. Golf ball up. I don't know why. I'm just imagining golf balls going up in water because they float. What the fuck is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's like a piece, a few pieces of lore that I really, really dig. Like, especially with Lady Maria. Mm-hmm. Lady Maria being the first, uh, one of the first disciples of German who set up, uh, well, essentially the hunters. He established the hunters. I forget if it's the church hunters or whatever. I get that shit confused. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, and she was enraptured. By Gerben, who was, you know, essentially the first of his kind to do this. He set up the workshop where they mm-hmm. made the trick weapons because they were the best to fight the beasts because they all recognized that 
So let's go back a little bit. Another piece of lore that I loved is that uh, this blood that comes from the Great Ones, which is a very Lovecraftian idea, uh, is like the healing blood. So the healing church is set up around this. Mm-hmm. They uh, they practice something called blood ministration, mm-hmm. which heals people from any illness. But And this is actually how your character ends up in Yarnum, because I think right. they, they're traveling there to get the cure. They've got sick because this virus has spread. That's a bloodborne pathogenic virus that has touched other cities and surrounding areas. That's so right, like, kids. Your hunter is not from Yarnum. Yes. It, they are uh, a foreigner mm-hmm. from some place that was affected by the blood scourge, essentially, yeah. but is not, well, the epicenter that Yarnum supposedly is. So yeah. you, you get the good blood in you, but now you have to hunt. You're a part of the... The night of the hunt. It's like an initiation ritual that you didn't ask for, but you're like, all right, whatever, I'm here for it, because video games. Right. <laughs> so going back to Lady Maria, she was enraptured by German, but didn't realize that he had the mania about him because of the blood, because of these this, these great ones' blood just mm-hmm. changed how people thought and perceived. They, they started to gain insight to this other plane of existence where these creatures, these cosmic entities came from. And... One of another piece of that I love about the lore is that you encounter a lot of enemies and characters and even just like normal like NPCs that have their eyes bandaged. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's heavily implied that they've actually removed their eyes because in order to commune with the great ones or or at least see the their world, their plane, what really is, is through insight. And apparently that is clouded by your normal vision, your connection to your reality. It's, wow. That's fascinating. Like, I fucking love it. Yeah. The, what, do you, what do you got? What, what, what do you dig on? Maybe? I actually like, I like a lot of that same stuff. Yeah. Um, it's crazy to me to think that like these were normal people one day. And then uh, whether it was the uh, old healing church or the, I forget the abandoned workshop or whoever initiated this, this blood ritualizing and, and uh, healing. These were normal people. Uh, and then they started fucking around with dirty Cosmo kin blood, and then they're like, <laughs> alright, let's see what we can do with this. And it's the fact that they became found and they became monstrous. Like, you come across people in the game who are seemingly normal at first, but then maybe mid-boss fight or mid-progression through the story, they become something else because of the blood that they've taken on. And I think that's very fascinating. I think also to bring Maria back into the dichotomy of schools of thought, like the fact that she doesn't agree with a lot of this stuff. No. She wants to protect and, and keep people away from this mar on Yarnum's history that she doesn't agree with, but yet people are still playing with it, because whether by madness or whatever. <laughs> the blood frenzy. The blood frenzy, if you if will. You will. <laughs> um, but I think she is particularly fascinating for that reason, because it makes you think about the game a little more. You're like, oh shit, now it's all tying together. Right. Now I'm understanding a little bit more as you come to the new areas, whether it's like... Bergenworth or Kaneshurst or um, some of the areas after that. It's like the lore ties together in neat little ways and it's like there's there's gratuitous payoff. And because but it doesn't explain itself readily. No. So it allows you to it allows you to fill in the gaps too. You can just kind of be like, Well, I see what happened to characters like Lawrence. Yeah. You know? And you're like, Well, wait a second, but I'm not getting like an answer of like, Well, how did he become a beast? Mm-hmm. Well, what 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 happened there? What occurred? And it's like, well, it's up to you to figure that out. Yeah. From, you know, to kind of interpret the lore based off of the visual st- storytelling in front of you. And the crazy thing is, you might not even ever have a moment to interpret it because you might not come across it. There's so much stuff that, like, I did not find on my own. Like, I right. was, when I, I'm doing my New Game Plus playthrough right now, and I was just thinking about it, I'm like running through 
the main areas and like there's so much shit i'm skipping and it's like damn like the majority of this game is fucking optional as hell right (laughs) the first time that i beat the game like actually like gave it another shot enjoyed it much more after Mm -hmm. i played dark souls 3 beat the game i looked at the trophy list and i was like why did i get like 10 trophies Mm -hmm. it's because i missed on all of these optional bosses just fucking went past them because it's like you have to do like very certain things sometimes like in the instance of cane hearse like you got to get the cane hearse summons but you have to go to a specific area to get that shit (laughs) and then suddenly a fucking horse and carriage shows up in the middle of an area (laughs) random cutscene that you don't expect coming well like one of like three cutscenes in the entire game (laughs) but it ends up being one of the coolest (laughs) fucking areas in the game one of my favorite areas in the game i love it and i never experienced it the first time i played it it's amazing that this game can you can continue to unravel and 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 just go deeper that's this is why i love that we started it well me for the first time and you again for the third time at the same time because i was just playing it at my pace but you're like hey go do this and i'm like why you're like just do this (laughs) and i wouldn't have known to do it on my own because like i'm kind of i'm a purist when i play sometimes i like to kind of just discover and find stuff on my own but i feel like honestly like this game is very challenging in that regard that I don't always find everything on my own. And the fact that you're like, hey, like do this for Alfred, get the summons, do this yeah. thing. And you're there's this whole other area. I was like, holy shit, this is really <laughs> neat. And it's like you said, it's one of the coolest areas in the game. So. Really is. I want to make a short aside, by the way, the community behind Bloodborne are some of the coolest fucking people in gaming because uh when i was doing um streaming my playthroughs of like me going after the platinum doing the child's dungeons and going after optional bosses people jump in the chat and just be like hey do you need some help or or uh just kind of like guide me be like oh no no no, go over there and you'll get this and like give me the order of operation for like getting uh, silly shit items that i would never find by myself because they know how difficult it is right (laughs) and so they help you out and then i've had people like literally like you know password jump in there and co-op a boss with me and i'm just like holy shit like you didn't have to do that but you just did it because you're fucking like you love this game and love going back to it and yep. love seeing other people experience it it's so it's neat, it's neat. yeah i i think when we did dark souls 3 we were playing with uh our buddy brandon and uh-huh. he's like yeah. super into the from oh he was game. the sherpa of that and, game for and us. he was just like our fucking wayfarer showing us everything and telling us all the hidden paths and i'm like damn dude you're really actually helping me learn this game right. and like i don't mind learning something on my own i actually love doing that but it's just like this is a series that is so new to me i don't fucking know anything about it i don't understand it i just know how to play it because like you give me a controller and the understanding of mechanics i'll figure it out <laughs> so <laughs> One of the other things I really enjoyed or found fascinating about it um, is kind of the inversion of worlds, that you are in this uh, version of Yarnum where there's a hunt going on, and you don't know... I don't. I, there are points where I'm, I'm question whether or not it's even real, mm-hmm. um, if it's a dream, but then later on, if you have the DLC, you go to the Hunter's Nightmare, where all these old hunters are fucking trapped Right. And they're just in there, and they're doing their own hunt, and they're killing because they, they can't get out. And it's this inverted world of Yarnum where it's like, that I think is supposed to be inferred that that is the real version of Yarnum. I, I don't know. The, the, the answer yeah. is not immediate. We, we like People have theories, and some people like you know will add to a wiki very confidently, but we don't know unless the developers explain it to us. But That's true. On that point, though, I, what I do find interesting is that these kind of spectral realms are tethered to a great one, because these are entities of great power and great influence, obviously. Is that cause, or is that a different one? Uh, well, the Hunter's Nightmare is uh, either created by the Orphan of Cause, mm-hmm. spoilers, kids, uh, because it is like 
freaking out about the death of its mother, Koss, mm-hmm. which, you know, it erupts from its corpse in its boss fight. That's fuck. Yeah, that was a crazy thing. That's the last boss fight in the Old Hunters DLC, and you come across, like, this beach off this fishing hamlet, and there's right. this monstrosity. It looks like a dead whale, but then this, like, <laughs> emaciated creatures just feeding off and i'm like i don't know what the fuck's happening but this is neat and then like we later found out that like it was born from that it's its mother it's still kind of like a newborn in a sense and it's just attacking out of fear and panic and is really erratic as a result and i thought that was so so cool and it comes through in the fight so fucking well because it's just like yo its patterns are nuts yeah and that so that entire little area like the fishing hamlet is was apparently sucked into the spectral nightmare Mm -hmm. And likewise, the hunter's dream is created by something called the Moon Presence, which fans put together from cut content that its name is probably Flora. Mm. And the doll even has lines talking about, like, Flora, uh, the Moon, the Watcher, stuff like that. Interesting. Um, So it created the hunter's dream, and uh, apparently the notion behind it is that uh, using German, the first hunter, as kind of a beacon and watch guard of this dream, and Mm -hmm. maybe even kind of... um, zapping from him in some sort of way to continue to perpetuate this dream is supposed to attract more and more hunters to continue fighting beasts and uh fans Mm. have kind of exactly fans have kind of guessed because why would a great one want to have beasts uh continually fought is because it wants the other great ones taken out for one reason or another its motives are unclear but that might be a guess but then again these creatures are so not of our world mm-hmm. very lovecraftian again yeah. we cannot pretend to understand their intentions that's just insane right and all because some fucks in bergenworth decided to experiment on one. <laughs> oh, they've done some fucked up <laughs> shit yeah because one was like a abandoned a, yeah. a breedist daughter of the cosmos was abandoned and that was like their their link to the other great ones <laughs> so yeah. it's all it's those assholes fault <laughs> yeah actually uh and and the Temerians were very much linked to the great ones and even and even worshipped the great ones and those are the, what the chalice dungeons are are literally its civilization where they were where they lived and there were surveyors uh that continued to go down there and that's how we learned about the the blood the good blood or the bad blood depending on how you look at it there's a lot of blood down there there's pale blood there's that blood blood vials there's all sorts of shit ritual blood i'm not sure what the deal with pale blood is either but apparently your character craves or needs it Mm -hmm. in some way or another i don't know if it's because maybe his blood is the vile blood because he's sick right after the ministration they made him sick in a different way because he was just like he normal. was just chilling, and then he wakes up mid like fucking surgery. Right, and these monsters are fucking operating on him. <laughs> like, what the fuck is yeah. going on anymore it's wild. in this game? But it's like, God, I love it. I love it so much, dude. Like, just being kind of steeped in it and not having it like totally explained to you, where that mystery still remains. But mm. the more you can play detective with it, makes you just like appreciate it more and more and more. It's like where I started that game and where I ended up, as far as like my adoration of it is intense i gotta say i love this might be a very divisive statement here but i think i love the uh, the fantasy backdrop and and world of lotharic and dark souls 3 a little more but i love the way this all blood blasphemy put me on blood trial man i'm sorry (laughs) do we need a timeout this is a blood betrayal (laughs) hey man you blood betrayed me first you know why because you beat the game without me fucking you left me in the dungeons oh, you didn't help me out dude so fuck you don't call me out bro for my you're blood right betrayal. i blood banded you okay <laughs> i'm sorry but i i love i think this world pays off a lot more because on a long enough timeline all the information and little snippets ties together to tell a really 
intricate and awesome story. Um, and that's that's where I think this is kind of like it's it's almost Dark Souls three for me, but I don't know. It's my favorite of From Software's games, and like I said earlier, it's probably become one of my favorite games of all time. And that's amazing for a game that I had first contact with mm-hmm. and didn't like. I just. It makes me wonder, how many other games can I go back to? Duke Nukem Forever? Am I going to have an emotional connection with it after giving it another fair shake? I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'm so. I'm excited to try, Daniel. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned for the the Blood Boy Bloodcast Duke-dom. <laughs> I don't know why I'm keeping with the Blood Boy. Uh, I, I were kind of beating that one over the head. Um, what else do you want to tell me about your experience with the Bloodborne? There, there's a lot I loved about this world. I think I just really enjoyed the experience as a whole because um, it offered me something holistically. Holistically, holistically. This was my religion for a month and a half. I'm still, I'm still chugging along. I got two playthroughs left, and I got the platinum, dude. Wow. Hear that ding? That's true. You just that, you just gotta get in there. You gotta be loose and tight all at the same time, man. That's but my advice. This game offered me something that I haven't really gotten since. Uh, Dark Souls 3, uh, just a challenging, really, really riveting environment and gameplay mechanics that I love. I mean, you can always make the argument like, okay, I'll talk about like Telltale games or uh, games that are maybe like less gameplay oriented. Like, why are you going to play a game if you're not into it for the mechanics? This game, like, why don't the you mechanics... Why you feel? Why don't you say shitty games? Th- this why don't you just call them shitty games? Well, I'm, I'm going to draw a Quantic Dream into it, but they've been dragged enough this week, God so... God damn it, how do we talk about them every episode? What? We're sponsored. <laughs> R2 to Dream. You're just feeding their machine, man. Yeah. You're feeding their machine, and we need to free the machines. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go on. But no, mechanically, this game was super satisfying to me, and if the gameplay wasn't as good as it was, I don't think I would have held on for through mm-hmm. a lot of the shit that I did. Because um, towards the ending stretch, like, okay, so I kind of spaced out my gameplay in an interesting way, where I thought initially... Oh, a game plan, a workflow. I had a game plan, a workflow for this. Huh. Uh, the blood flow. It, it was coming through the channels. The blood flow. So initially, I was like, all right, I'm just going to play this at my own leisure. I'm not going to try and be a completionist about it. I'm not going to do any of it. But then you started mentioning, like... Why'd you look at me that way? Because you started mentioning, like, umbilical cords and weird shit to me, and you're like, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I'm like, okay, well, now... You got to go get it. Now I feel like I'm doing all the steps I need to to do my most complete first playthrough to get the platinum. Yeah, you were a little intimidated when I told you what you had to do, like, yeah. the order of Chalice Dungeons. And I was like, I don't know that I want to do any of that, but <laughs> then I was like, well, now I kind of want to do it. So right. I started to chug along, and my experience along the way was, I, I loved it. I think the only points where it kind of lagged for me was the chalice dungeons but i balanced it out because i the last i think main story fight in the game before you fight uh gearman spoilers he gets up out of that wheelchair and he's fucking fast okay he's fast <laughs> as shit <laughs> dude was not a cripple it was a red herring but that <laughs> <laughs> kill him <laughs> the wheelchair is a red herring, man. <laughs> but it wasn't his final form. So the last fight in the game, I think, is uh, Murgo's wet nurse, and then at that point, I was like, okay, I have a lot more leveling and shit I need to do before I can feel confident to wrap up my last playthrough. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna do the Chalice Dungeons, 
and the old hunters DLC simultaneously. So I really padded out crazy my experience in just like a crazy cool way. Um, <coughs> I think it's just like when I beat the old hunters and all I had left to do was the chalice dungeons was when I started to really feel the weight and burden of the experience. Where I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm enjoying this as much as I could be. Cause like after a while, they like, get rough, dude, they get well, rough. So each chalice dungeon that you, like you said, there are seven or eight you have to do. Um, each one more or less has three levels to it. Uh, some you, four some, some four. four so you go through you can mainline it um you have to get to an inner dungeon and there's a boss so every area has three to four bosses and you have to do that but after a while the way they're generated like they start to feel the same and it starts to feel like uh, just yeah. such a chore and labor yeah. to get through from one to the next but like it is a slog there's a variance too because yeah. like uh the ailing lauren dungeon the enemies <laughs> do poison and it kind of makes you think about your strategy a little bit and then the the, the cursed defilement dungeon god damn it that fucking the dungeon fucking defilement <laughs> Je- honestly i still kind of want an apology for miyazaki <laughs> but i know i signed up for it it's an optional part of the game but i still feel yeah. like an apology is due he owes us <laughs> something give us the doll he took a lot of my life away you Dude. know how many hours i spent doing the same fucking amidala fight which is crazy to me because the first time i actually encountered like the proper amidala uh in the main game killed it in one not a problem. I was just like, oh, that's kind of a bullshitty fight for something that's like eight stories, whatever. And then when you go to the Defilement Dungeon, it was the most... Tell us about the Defilement Dungeon <sighs> in the first place. And the it'll Defilement help set Dungeon, the tone. You have half health. No matter what you've done to upgrade your character, you have half the health. And your blood vials do half the effectiveness that they should. And enemies do twice the amount of damage. Yeah. Or at least, like, I think they do, like, 30% more damage. So it puts like you at an advantage, or disadvantage. I would, no, advantage is not what's happening. No, no, it puts you at a disadvantage. It puts you at a disadvantage. Yes. And I gotta tell you, that's how I felt. Disadvantaged throughout that fucking... Di- I, I felt think- defiled. <laughs> Daniel at a certain point. I couldn't look at you the same for that week because like, something's going on with him and he needs to be alone. Dude, I blew through like the first few layers, no problem. Yeah. Where I was like, yeah, that was kind of rough, but like, hey, I fought these bosses so many times, you know, mm-hmm. eat smooth sailing. But then you get the Amidala, and I just, for the life of me, I literally had to like fucking ugh, memorize yep. every single move that she that You're she, legit like. He does? She? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. I don't want to misgender this fucking Amidala. <laughs> I don't want to fucking get its wrath at me again because yeah. I was getting might... laser blasted. I was getting crushed. It does sure. a jumping attack that apparently they patched to make more effective because you used to be able to just stand in place yep. and it would always miss you. But then it was like, oh, now it turns around midair <laughs> so that its hands crush you anyway. So legit. <laughs> fuck you from software. Why, why Why can't you fix the multiplayer? But <laughs> you can fix uh, the frustration that a boss provides. They're just like, yeah, we need to get this fixed. <laughs> like it's all. It's Nightmare Leapfrog, and I hate it. So, like, for you, it took you six hours to do that fight, as you already cursed the air one of our previous episodes and talked about it. It took me... <coughs> I'll mention it all year. It also took me six hours. Uh, but that, that first fight, I almost did it if it wasn't for that jumping attack that killed me in one hit. I was Every like, time. are you fucking serious right don't get me wrong. Like, I, like what? <laughs> you'll, you'll get its health down a good amount of the way, but you it's will. always that last phase. It's just... When it starts going jump crazy and you have to fight it at more of a distance. <sighs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I same way. I flew through the initial one in the Nightmare Scape. I forget, Nightmare Frontier yeah. is what they call it. It's when you initially fight the Amidala. Uh, which, by the way is crazy in the first place because before you have enough insight to see these fuckers they will literally pick you up out of nowhere and transplant you to a different realm yeah which you, is wild mm-hmm. so you before you even fight them they're yar, doing that yar, shit yar, to yar you. Ghoul, right that's what it's called yar, yeah yar, 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 yar. <laughs> all right 
<laughs> so yeah, you get to this point in this fight, you have to memorize every attack pattern and be so strategic. Like, and at the, it was at that point that I knew I had mastered Bloodborne. After that fight, I was like, I can't get any worse at this game. It's either you're gonna master the game or it's just gonna break you. Yeah, I actually break it, the bat, dude. It broke me. I, I wanted to give up. I was like, this yeah, isn't worth you, it. You like, were telling me you're like, oh, I'm gonna put the game down. I don't know if I'm gonna get the platinum. I was like, dude, no, 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 no. Like legit. After I was like, after I beat the game, I think I'm gonna put it down for a little while. I was like, you gotta do it, champ. You gotta do it. I was feeling sick, dude. Pop that plat. That's well, gonna be a new save room shirt. Pop, pop that, that plat. plat. I like it. Pop that plat. That's super dope. Ooh, so uh, cool. Um, so so cool. This <laughs> is so cool. So I, I don't know that it was, but thank you. <laughs> hey man, I got you. Gotta fucking rep your own brand sometimes. Yo, bro. <laughs> I love you. I love you, bro. <laughs> um, so the Chalice Dungeons are an interesting meta game that you could fucking leave or take. You don't have to do them. Um, the only reason you need to is for you said one item, the Beast Claw is in there somewhere yeah and then i believe so and then you do all this to fight the what the thumerian queen yep yarnum she's not even the boss at the end of the defilement dungeon which kind of makes sense it would be like really appropriate in my mind Mm. but no here's another dungeon that's actually easier than the one that you just got actually and destroyed i had to do another two dungeons before i got to that point really to get to get resources to activate that ritual it was a whole i was batching so many blood vials i had like i maxed out the 300 i was getting blood echoes just to do that so i never had to worry about like every time i got back to a lamp i was like there we go you're like i'm good put them in the bank in the blood bank (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that true blood but I think the payoff of the dungeons uh, was in the queen herself because I think she helps tie the lore together a little bit. That's true, actually, yeah. because she is. Um, I think at least there's confirmation within the game that she is the mother of Murgo. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, the n- wet nurse fight is really awesome. I like that's that. one of my favorites. Like We're gonna talk t- uh, top it's, boss. It's not fights. a hard. It's not a hard one, but it's but actually it's it's interesting. Just, I like interesting, right? Yeah. And um, this is more indirectly implied that there is this super great one that's not doesn't even have a corporeal form you never see it in the game but it's mentioned very many times odin oh yeah that's what i mean that's why it's called odin's chapel Mm -hmm. and that is supposed to be the father of murgo because uh the temerians weren't exactly human uh, from what i understand but like the great ones were known known to use human beings as vessels for their children because they couldn't procreate with each other whatsoever because they're so varied and weird and disgusting and made out of flesh and bones and blah, 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 blah. so they can't fuck yeah it would have been a monster mash if they could have but they couldn't get their fucking parts together <laughs> it's a bloodborne smash <laughs> can you can we record something like that? <laughs> you want me to do like a Bloodborne version of the Monster Mash? I really... Nah, it's not worth it. Anyway. No, it'd be fun though, but I'm not that talented. Do Chiptune Monster Mash. There we go. Oh, that'd be cool. Bingo, bango. But yeah. Uh, so that was cool. That tied it together. That made the, the Murgo's Wet Nurse and Murgo fight make a little more sense to me too. Um, Makes me appreciate the fights more when but, I go back to them. And I want to go back to it. I have the Platinum, and I honestly, like, I was playing a little bit before we did the recording. I don't know why. Yeah, I was playing it. You're like, I just want to play it again. And I'm like, I just okay, want to play it again. Do you, man? I just want to play it again, dude. I just want to enjoy it again. I don't, I'm don't. i sorry. I want to use different weapons. I just got the Moonlight Sword. Mm-hmm. Um, or what, what is it actually called again? I have it right here. It the Holy Moonlight Sword? The Holy yeah. Moonlight Sword. Quick trivia. Is based on a weapon that appears in each Dark Souls game called the Moonlight Greatsword. 
Uh, Ludwig, the Holy Blade, or Ludwig the Accursed, wields the weapon, and you could obtain it by having a conversation with his nasty severed horse head after fighting him. <laughs> and that's in the old Hunters. Yes, that's crazy. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, no, same. Uh, I love that sword. I am enjoying my second playthrough for that reason alone, where it's like, right. well, I know the world now. I'm the king of this kingdom. I'm fucking Master Yarnum himself. I, f- I fucked the queen. That's my baby. What? <laughs> <laughs> queen Annalise? Because she becomes like a... Not... Uh, she becomes flesh. A flesh bag. At one sec. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. I got the vile blood in me. I'm not doing shit that makes sense. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> but in the second playthrough, like, I, since you know the enemies and how they come at you, you have that ease of play now where it's like, I can try out different weapons. And I'm trying right. out, like, the Amygdalan arm, where you're fucking up dudes with a fucking oh, Amygdala this... arm. Like, what the shit? Dude? What an obnoxiously cool weapon. Or, I... like, uh, the wheel saw. Oh, the wheel saw so fucking good. And, and German's uh, scythe. Uh, oh, I haven't even fucked with that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get that, that one's a fun and the weapons are so cool, and their yeah. other forms are so like, especially if like you you use a weapon and it's like, oh, I'm not really digging the like up close version. And then when you do the other, you're like, oh shit, <laughs> it's like using something completely different, very uh Monster Hunter ish. Yeah, right. No, that's a good comparison right there, mm-hmm. actually. And it is interesting that all these different trick weapons have such different kill animations like i love the kill animations in this game it's oh they're so fun so and the cool. visceral rolls feels so what, if, what that's got to go up there in like some sort of list of like the most satisfying features in a game yeah like what just gives you that good because <sighs> like we said earlier this game does not engender passivity it doesn't give a fuck if you don't want to play it it wants you to play it it makes you parry and be strategic with your left hand with your blunderbuss or whatever gun you have and in that you can stagger enemies you can do visceral attacks it's really cool could you imagine that like oh so the back of the bloodborne box just says hunt your nightmares what if it says we do not engender passivity (laughs) (laughs) can somebody is anybody out there that's a friend of us and listens to the show which that that that's not that's not a venn diagram we want to look at it anytime soon (laughs) but uh if you can if you get some photoshop skills can you please just like put that as like a a review or something or a quote (laughs) (laughs) or maybe it's like bloodborne the we do not engender passivity version it almost bums me out that like one of the talking heads like klebic or whoever else wrote about this game when it came out like that they didn't say it first because that would have been awesome um no my second playthrough is going great uh it's going really fast and then the third oh it's gonna hear dude third's gonna get go even more quickly it bums me out though because i mean i guess i could do it again um play the game again of course well no no no, i'm the thought that on my second playthrough i couldn't go back to the old hunters dlc but you still get the same resources and activations to do it again yeah yeah all the headstones are still are still there there, yeah. yeah so i don't know go back i think about that game a lot but I, I think about the DLC more sometimes. And for me, this is probably like one of the games where I love the DLC the most. Honestly, the DLC fucking throws everything that the game does at you at a quicker pace. Where it's like, uh, it has those connected areas that mm-hmm. are somewhat familiar and all that. But in a very small like chunk of it of like doing the whole shortcut jumps and all that. Yeah. And it gives you like, what, at least five consecutive bosses. One of which is... Yeah very hidden it i would i wouldn't say very hidden but you have to go out of your way to like pick up his skull and yeah go back to him lawrence it's uh, it's interesting too because when you come across that uh skull initially what is it the is it the grand cathedral yeah after, after the vicar amelia fight no, no no it's the research hall that's where you pick up his skull initially 
after you fight Viker and Melee, you come to that skull. Oh, and you, you mean touch in the it. main game? Yeah, in the main yeah, game. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. so I don't know what's real. I don't know what the hunter's well, dream or what the hunter's nightmare is anymore. I don't know who I am. I'm just a blood boy. That frenzy meter's looking pretty full, dude. You need to fucking take something for that. Uh, Drink a sedative. Sedative. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was looking. For the or name. get yourself a fucking glass of Soulsborn and Souls like <laughs> you're looking sober. Oh, praise <laughs> the fun. <laughs> um, what was my point there? Don't worry about your point, man. I just like hearing you. Thanks, dude. No, no the dude. Old Hunters DLC, I, I mean, I think, yeah, the boss fights are cool. The enemy types, like, my favorite types of fights in this game were based around the Hunters because it makes you employ, like, a strategy. makes you think really fast and on your feet. It makes you be very strategic in how you approach the fights. I love all that. I love the backdrop of it. I love how... I love fighting Lady Maria. The, one of my favorite fights in any game, for sure. Her, it, little, her little cutscene, too, was like fuck it's it's so good but i will what i love most about it is how it inflates and enriches the lore of bloodborne Mm -hmm. i think like had i not played that game i wouldn't have been able to tie it together all the loose ends i had right but because it brings into the fact that oh why are these hunters here who are they you know like Mm -hmm. where they come from what are their like what are their belief systems and you get so much of that in this and it's very cool i the old Hunters DLC feels like if you condensed all of the best parts of the main game into about five hours, that's what it is. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, pretty let's, streamlined. Let's do a fucking greatest hits of Bloodborne is what it is. And even in that experience, it manages to give you kind of like a quick throwaway area that like you just have mm-hmm. to get through to get through it. Right. Although the fishing hamlet, fuck those big fish fools. The ones with the spears and the jumping. God damn dick. Yeah, I don't like dude. what they're coming at me with. No, no, no. You want to talk about enemies real quick? Uh, well, yeah, we want to talk, talk about bosses. Let's talk. Let's talk enemies. Yeah, enemy designs. Let's talk some bosses, dude. Okay, Give let's. Me your big boss. My big boss. One of my my favorite bosses was fighting Orphan of Cause, just because it okay. it exemplified the way I like to play, which was really just getting up in something's face, being fast, being reactive, rather than like you know trying to get all strategic. It's like, no, nah, man, I'm gonna react to you. You do the dance of the blood boy, essentially. The blood waltz. That is my absolute favorite. If I needed to go to the worst real quick, it's Mikalash. Oh, same, dude. Fuck that fight. That fight's stupid. It's dumb. This. Why am I chasing him for like 15 minutes, man? And like, I don't understand what invisible barrier he has to activate to go straight into the room where I can fight him, but he doesn't do it sometimes. He just kind of just keeps on running yep. around. What are you running from, Mikalash? Quippy, quippy line. Ha ha. Th- this game has us. three tiers of fights i think um mm. it has busy fights fights that keep you busy for no That's reason you categorize it. I, I just i thought about it i was like so what are my least favorite fights why are they my least favorite fights the mikalash fight uh rom the vacuous spider uh, i actually kind of like that fight i don't care for it at all and uh it teaches you how to get down patterns because sure you know she she always sends out like a wave of enemies after you clear them out and she always does like her if her tail goes up that means the ice magic is going to come out of the floor if yeah. her head goes up then it means it's coming down from the sky I, I don't know i get all that and it's not even that i don't like spiders spiders are whatever the fuck they are man they kill bees they help me out in my everyday life I although people do give up at that fight or father gassione apparently i could see that people give up at that oh fight i was looking the at the really hard the level of engagement of players through the trophies and i think that first boss fight um whether it was the optional one, I don't remember if it was the Cleric Beast or Father Gaslione, but only 50% of players had completed it. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, that's insane to me. Yeah. That not not very many people are playing this game in the first place, but... Can you that, imagine half the people that touched that game gave up? <laughs> Just gave up I mean, it. like we said earlier, if a game's not for you and you don't feel like you want to commit to it, you don't fucking have to. And that's your prerogative. You know what? I was I was on one side of that 50% yeah. not too like long ago. two years ago. And then um, this year, I'm the top. You're back. I'm the top 50. 
<laughs> top 50 best Bloodborne players. What's your blood rank, bro? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so my I'm least level favorite... Level 60, by the way. <laughs> my least favorite fights in this game are the busy ones. Uh, and it adds to that, uh, the living failures fight. It's just, like, mm. stupid enemy fodder for no fucking reason. Like, the design of them... It's cool. Like, I like the look of the play field, but it's just like, I don't really care for what I'm doing. You have the mid-tier fights, which I think are just the beast fights. Like, uh, your Cleric Beast, your Bloodletting Beast, <laughs> your Amidala's, um, your Viker Amelia's. Like, I like those mid-tiers, because they, yeah. they sharpen your teeth, but they don't crack them. That's true. Mm-hmm. I have very sharp teeth. Dude. I need to feed now. Oh, jeez. And then top tier, third tier for me, is like the fast-paced, hunter-based ones. The ones that are really shrewd. Like your Orphans of Cause, your Lady Maria's, um, even your your Ludwig, the first. like Your Ludwigs. <laughs> you got your Ludwigs. Yeah, hang on. You want to... Let's do... Real quick. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> when you uh, spool up uh, the Bloodborne, what you're going to get yourself... All right, here's what you're going to expect. Kind of an order. Uh, Cleric Beast, Father Gassione, Vicar Amelia, Bloodstarved Beast, The Witch of Hamlick. Hamwick? Actually, can we go me? back to... Nope. Viker Miller, real quick. Dark Beast Parle, Shadow of Yarnum, Ron the Vacuum Spider, The One Reborn, Marta Ligarius, Amandala, Celestial Emissary, Brady Star of the Cosmos, Mikalash, Host of the Nightmare, Murgo's Wet Nurse, Kerman, The First Hunter Moon Present, and the DLC is going to give you Ludwig the Accursed <laughs> slash the Holy Blade, and Lawrence of Versa Carved, Living Fails, <laughs> Lady Marie of the Astral Clock Tower, and the Orphan of Cos. <laughs> Which is one of my favorites? He almost did it oh my god i know you said you you didn't want to talk about every boss and i was like here that was my (laughs) that was my compromise um thank you for that i'm astounded (laughs) go on this game has done things to you Yeah, let's go back to vicar amelia (laughs) what are you gonna say oh i fucking he broke i got the stagger dude (laughs) i got the stagger hit me with that r2 (laughs) or what is it r1 it's r yeah the quick r1 don't worry about how so quick my R1 is. The, the Vicar Amelia fight is interesting to me because it's the first time where the lore... Oh, no, maybe not. Maybe it's the Father Gassione fight. Um, mm, where, like, mid-fight, like, a human turns into a beast for whatever reason. Hers kind of starts that way, where she's in this chapel. Uh, Eyeless, as you told me, as most of the characters are, because she mm-hmm. gave her thoughts. And Eyeless or communion. apparently enucleated, where uh, your pupil and iris don't function anymore, because like, you sever like a nerve, but okay. your eyes are still But they're there. still there. Yeah, Because who wants to fucking have pits in your goddamn head? Right. A lot of the uh, normal enemies and the mobs have the enucleated eyes, okay. and that's why they do like crazy eye motions and shit, uh, as evidence in the first fucking trailer the cg trailer for this game they showed that like a close-up of that i was watching a video i'm watching a lot of lore videos but that one was interesting to me because it's like the with father gascon it just happens mid-fight you're like okay you're originally on my fi- side you're the first hunter i can fucking summon uh gives you the idea of how the co-op system works. yeah it's confusing though. and then after like maybe like another 38 minutes to an hour in it's like oh now i'm fighting him and like he starts off in his hunter form and then he turns into a beast midway and you're like okay that's normal that shit happens in boss fights people fucking erupt into monstrosities i've been doing that for fucking 20 years now whatever <laughs> but with the vicar amelia fight it's like you come up on her you play a video game and it's just things gonna erupt like fucking bowser just erupted into a, into monstrosity. a big fucking giga bowser man Jesus he's just there <laughs> is that a real thing is there a giga bowser there is really is he robotic in any sort of way that's a different podcast. I'm thinking Mecha, Mecha yeah. Bowser. That's our oh, yeah. that's our Koopa cast. Oh shit! <laughs> the Super Mario Bros. Stay Koopa tuned, cast. guys. <laughs> um, but that one, she's like giving communion or doing something over this gold pendant, and you get the sense that like something's happening, and then she transforms, and it's the first sense that I got at least, where I was like, okay, there's something at play here that people are fucking with, and. <laughs> 
the it led into the story for me a bit i was like that's really neat and as the boss fights kind of went on from there like i looked into the the lore a little bit more because like that really wet my tongue i was like that's cool (laughs) (laughs) wet your tongue yeah okay i feel where you're going with that yeah the ending there it was a creative landing so we talked about orphan of cause really cool boss fight i actually like I struggled with it a bit. I I didn't Cause, really, yeah. I didn't appreciate it as much as I did until I kind of learned the lore after that you kind of dropped on me this morning about why he's erratic or she I don't know. Um, cause it's just sometimes known as Cosma. It's fine. Just cause five. Grant us <laughs> speed. Um, another fight that I really really enjoyed outside of that. Yeah. Um, Actually, I need. Can you run down the list for me one more time? Give me some honorable mentions. No, here I got it popped open. Oh, okay, because okay, check it out. Um, the Martyr Ligarius one is really neat. Um, that's the one you do in Kanehurst on the roof. Oh uh, yeah, that's a real. That's fucking... a neat fucking fight, and I'm super di- like glad that I didn't miss that one. Right, and then um, you get his crown and sit on his throne. Yeah, shout out to that one. That's really dope. It makes you feel so fucking bamf. Oh. And then afterwards, you could start a turf war with the Vile Bloods if you want. You to. really could, <laughs> really could. That's a uh, weird thing. That's a cool one. Uh, the Garman fight's pretty neat, actually, because mm. like I don't know, I just I didn't think about that that he could be a hunter in that capacity and that he would betray me. He was the first hunter. Yeah, you know. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, <laughs> the One Reborn for like being one of the most disgusting enemies I've ever yeah. seen in a video game, just made up of corpses. Apparently, it was. Uh, the Bigenworth scholars attempt at creating their own great one. Holy shit. Good job, assholes. <laughs> you fucked up again. You fucked up again. But like that, that's awesome. Like this game's already so grotesque, but like those little designs and choices that they put into these boss designs make them that much more intense. <laughs> like, Fuck it. I, I love the boss designs on this game. Unfortunately, the moon presence, which is a very uh, optional hidden fight that leads to the third ending in the game, um, is not a very difficult fight, no. well, but it's such a cool enemy. Maybe, such a cool design. Imagine, if you will... Such a cool backstory. A normal person played this game, right? And they <laughs> just mainlined the campaign, right? They didn't do 100 hours of Chalice Dungeons and the DLC. They, just, okay, just consumed it quickly yeah. and fucking hopped in the car, drove away from London. <laughs> right? And they're like, okay, I'm level... See ya, Yardum. Level, like, what? Let's say 115, right? And gotcha. they took on the, the Blood Moon presence then. That would have been a really hard fight. Uh, okay yeah i, I see we, we came at it punching above our weight class just because i don't know we needed to grind we need levels and then we well, by the time we got to the fight we're like oh shit we might be a little op the fact that i killed german <laughs> in one go and it yeah. only took me two from the moon presence it's like I that feel, shouldn't yeah. have happened yeah in our pursuit <laughs> to like uh see every corner get every item get every weapon uh we over over level you over level <laughs> and when you do that actual... i was jacked <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah what the when you finally get to those fights and you're fucking oh, one round these motherfuckers oh my god it's amazing <laughs> i love that game but that's cool um the the interplay of the moon is really interesting to me because there's this um mid-game transition i think after you fight rom where the blood moon initiates the vacuous spider Rom the vacuous spider you. who was apparently a human that became a great one from i don't know injecting insight into their fucking skull jesus yeah yeah and then they casted a veil over our fucking world that you can't see through until you get at least 40 insight or kill rom <laughs> wait who who cast the veil was it rom or was rom. it uh, rom did what yeah. the fuck yeah, yeah yeah human to great one spider creature casted a veil for the fuck of it just just bloodborne things just to basically hide all yeah. the lesser uh amidala that are just like 
mad chilling. They're all littered over, everywhere. Garden, just hanging off the rooftop. On the flip side, though. Like gremlins. <laughs> gremlins 2. The, like, the I want to talk gremlins about 2. that fucking pop of a flashing <laughs> gremlin that we saw <laughs> earlier. For we're fucking derailing the podcast. <laughs> just for we a second. Went, talk about a gremlins pop. We went, to, we went to GameStop and saw, like, they decided to make a pop of a moment where a gremlin decided to flash his area <laughs> as a joke oh my god and it's immortalized in a place where ch- like there's kids in that fucking GameStop just chilling that series of gremlins two pops there's one flashing and then one that looks like a fucking prostitute like who are you selling who's your market for these who's responsible i for mean gremlins two? It, it wasn't even on the higher shelves that the kids couldn't reach it was like near the bottom near the ground yeah i would it belongs near the ground <laughs> but it's still a problem anyway um the amidala is need to talk about I'm glad you got out there. The fact that you can see them is really neat, and the fact that you get to fight them, also cool. The fact that I had to fight them a second time with half health, fuck that. But in the Old Hunters DLC, they're littered all over the place. You come across, like, Amidala corpses, and it really paints an interesting picture for the lore and, like, what these hunters are doing. Like, they're trapped. They're like, yeah, naturally, they're going to kill everything that is to exist there, and those bodies are going to remain. (laughs) <laughs> like that's just wild to me like when you step out onto the main avenue after i think it's not even the first fight but like you come into this area and you're like that's a fucking corpse that's really neat that's a fucking corpse yeah <laughs> shout out to the one corpse uh that apparently was a, a gatekeeper that you needed to get a password for and you walk in and he's already dead <laughs> i love that scene that it's so already dead like <laughs> i fucking hate x already dead same dude <laughs> i love that guy oh man the the NPCs and characters you come across are are actually kind of cool. They're a hoot. They're an absolute hoot. Uh, Especially the one that uh, uh, when you tell them to go back to the cathedral area, Odin's chapel, and uh, starts murdering the other civilians there. Just for the fuck. And it. then when you like have a one stern conversation with him, he decides to become a beast. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> I love that dude. That was so funny. Fuck that guy. That was such a funny moment. I'm like, oh shit, this got real. But oh well. What a douchebag. All right, uh, I think we're getting into the end game here, though, Daniel. One more thing I want to talk about. Do it. Tying into the... Squeeze the, it out of you. Oh. <laughs> um, we need to stop at the ASMR sessions. We're just into it, man. I don't know. I, I follow the Breadface blog on Instagram, so I get my daily dose of that. But um, there are three endings in this game, much like, I guess... Um, I don't want to say all the Souls games, because I don't know. Um, but at least my experience with Dark Souls 3, I know there are three separate endings that you can achieve. Um, and like this, there are three. One of which you activate uh, that that Blood Moon Presence fight. Uh, you can only activate Flora. if you do this sort of uh, quest line to get this ending. Mm-hmm. And has you fucking collecting umbilical cords of, I guess, what, deceased Great Ones or people that maybe were vessels for Great Ones yeah i think the implications of the great ones always like die when yeah. they're birthed out of people i don't know there's just some gross moments that yeah. uh, you bear witness to in this game but that that is a a, a story arc that you have to kind of get into on your own and it it's neat because it enriches the lore even more and then that ending that you get with it is just like what the fuck what the fuck <laughs> I, I was streaming uh when i when i beat that that's the ultimate ending that most people have achieved according to the trophy list. You become a baby slug. You become a you become slug. A, you become a slug. Vargy in my chat was like, the fuck just happened? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, dude. This game's wild. But apparently the explanation is you become a baby great one yeah. and you're going to usher humanity into their next uh, childhood. That shit's insane. <laughs> the doll's going to take care of you. <laughs> so you, you wrote here, 
uh, very simply, would we recommend it on the syllabus? And I, uh, yeah, let me hang on here. You might want to brew some coffee. Uh, yes. Nice. A very succinct yes. Uh, I second that yes. This is a, a yes, yes. A save room, great, if you will. I think we covered it earlier. Don't let the notion of difficulty dissuade you because this game in the grand scheme of things isn't necessarily difficult. It is just very, very different than other games you may be used to. It That's requires true. you to really, really learn it. <laughs> like if you come from a lot of like multiplayer games or platformers and you're like, yeah, let me try a Souls game. Like it's going to feel different. <laughs> I just imagine the <laughs> jump between like, yeah, man, I'm just playing uh, Mario Odyssey. What, what What's going to wet my appetite now? Oh, fucking blood. Hell yeah. Huh? Sweet. Yeah, I love uh, Hit Power Lovecraft. I can create my own Mario and they're giving him a fucking fat-ass mustache. Real <laughs> sick. First of all, there is no good mustache in that game. They're all very, very offensive. <laughs> they <guys>. are. <laughs> so, I read something... Okay, real quick. Yeah. I read something that was like, no matter what you do to the character creation, you'll always end up with something that looks like Virginia Woolf. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh my god. I think that was Eurogamer that wrote that. Um, in my game, I created what was just a... <laughs> A Walmart, no, sorry, a Kmart version of uh, Sweeney Todd, because I thought he would fit that world very well. <laughs> and you, I remember your Dark Souls remastered start, you wanted to create uh, Edward Forty Hands? Uh, yes, and then I settled on Edwin, Edwin for this. For so I feel like that fits the Victorian setting so nicely. Like, yes, it's like when you yeah. summon a player into your world, it's like, what, uh, Sir Edwin Forty Hands has, has <laughs> yes, entered? It yes, it is. It's, it's a very official name, sir. The Forty Hands go back many a great year for the hunt. Oh, my God. All right? Come from a long line They're of aged. Forty Hands hunters. <laughs> They're aged well. <laughs> oh my god. Bread for the hunt. I think this game with us is going to have a lasting legacy. We're going to talk about it a lot. Yeah. Um, you said this is probably one of your proudest Platinums. I would say once I, I get it, yep. this will be probably I agree my, with me. My, yes. my second proudest Platinum that I will ever get. Um, What's the first? Oh, come on. Dead Space? Dead Space 2. Fuck yeah. The thing is I'm like... I'm never going to take that away from you. You Dead. can't take that away from me. I've never done that. Very few have. That game required you to master it so many different ways and then the heart of the core mode is just like is such a like that is that game's meta game in terms of uh bloodborne's chalice dungeons just a whole nother layer of difficulty that like you could give or take you didn't need to fucking do that but for me i'm a masochist and i love that fucking setting i love fucking getting up in necromorphs with my saw blade <laughs> that sound. So, <laughs> so yes this would be once i get it my second proudest uh platinum actually this is my second proudest platinum as well don't say number one is Lego Jurassic World. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, respect. Why'd you take that away from me? Because I just knew it. It is Lego Jurassic I World. I respect right? that. I respect that a lot. They should have called that game Jurassic Park, but fuck them. <laughs> they should have. They should have, but I think they needed to lean into the marketing of the new I'm movie. sorry, if you do the fucking math, there's uh, one, two, and three uh, games parks. in there. Yeah. yeah, three parks and only one world. That's true. Very small world. <laughs> when you put it out there like that yeah but yeah uh bloodborne fucking love it it's great <laughs> thank you uh miyazaki for making that i still want an apology for the defilement dungeon <laughs> but mostly thank you what the fuck were they thinking when they did that like how do we hurt people even more they were thinking people were never gonna go for it yeah. and then some asshole made the trophy list and was just like yeah i think they'll probably do this one there's no oversight anybody can walk in and do trophies bro that's true that's what i hear yeah there's get, no they get interns to come in and fucking just write trophies there's no quality assurance with that at all yeah, yeah, yeah um i gotta say 
compared to uh, Dark Souls 3, which I, I looked at, I was like, could I platinum that game? And you're like, no, absolutely not. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, because that game requires a lot of um, co-op, and what is it, um, with the... When you summon characters and you have to fight them, it's like a, a lot of NPC and player fights. Oh, PvP. That's what I'm looking for. There's a lot of PvP Pivot. involvement. Pivot. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get the Dark Souls 3 uh, Platinum. But for this, it's I don't like, like that. Yeah, you can kind of do all this on your own, which I like. I don't like having to rely on other people to fucking complete a game. But I didn't do Bloodborne all on my own. Shout out to all the honeys out there that join my co-op as jolly cooperators. Shout out to all the Blood Boys and Blood Honeys. Uh, you guys are fucking dope uh you dope was it master lightning uh master lightning doki doki on yours oh doki the dokester or oh no dono <laughs> oh no dono that's oh no dono name. fucked it up yeah he helped you a lot he did um, he did and then he got mad one day when we were playing overcooked on stream he was like, play more bloodborne and it's like dude we need a break like, bro come on man go from one stressful game to another oh my eyes are bloodshot <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we can recommend this game and we we'll, can. we'll probably play it again i'm gonna play it again probably today yeah. Does this get you stoked though for uh, Sekiro? Uh, what is it, Shadows Die Twice? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, interesting question because I thought about it and like I really wanted Bloodborne too. Yeah, we and, all did. And especially knowing this notion of like there are foreign lands that your character comes from that are affected by the blood uh, plague, I think there's a lot of room for a sequel. But they went out on a limb and made this game. They sure. took they took the risk to do this where it's like instead of making like oh a Demon Souls two or another Dark Souls they're like we're gonna make this because it's what we always wanted to. It seems like if they're going after uh, Sekiro, that's what they want to do. So I trust them. Yeah, I mean maybe I don't trust them so much with the VR game that they're coming out with with the name that I can't. Oh, I don't give a shit about that one. But Sekiro seems very compelling, and I do like that they're reworking a lot of the mechanics and gameplay styles and mm-hmm. things that are, have been present in the Soulsborne for what? When did uh, Demon Souls come out? 2007? Oh. 2003? I think between no, 2003. Not three, not three. Okay. Because it was a PS3 game. Okay, so. So at least six or seven, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that they want to kind of just do something different, add platforming, uh, different player styles because you have different character yeah, types. Yeah, they're, they're like, trying to say it's not a Souls game. That's neat. I'm gonna look I'm, something up real quick because what are you gonna look up real quick? I am interested to see, uh, to date, how much this game has sold, um, and as of its launch in 2015, Bloodborne has sold more than two million copies. Yep. So, so I don't since know then if it sold way more. Yeah, probably. Obviously, yeah. Well, because it it went on sale a bunch, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's a greatest hits game. Actually, it's uh, 20 bucks right now. It is. I fucking pick it up. And honestly, 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 please get the Hunters, the old Hunters DLC, because yeah. that it really does complete the uh, experience. It's not, it's not just a cherry on top. I feel like it really is. Uh, it is a very <sighs> supplemental right. experience. Like it's not necessary, but honestly, if you get, if you get blood sick like me and Daniel did, yeah, it's necessary. <laughs> That's it. But, no, I agree with that full fledge actually and if, if you're at the point too where you are you're like ah oh, i beat the game and i want more this game will give you more in such a gratifying way because five bosses uh four of them don't fuck around the enemies you encounter like from point a to different areas don't fuck around it's challenging it's great it, it looks awesome and i love it <sighs> well, um hit me with something real quick because i thought this would be funny <laughs> No, I got one one last thing for you, brother. If you had to describe this game in twenty words or less, how in would twenty you, words or less? How would you do it? If like you had to sell somebody on it, or maybe 
put them off from it. <sighs> that's that's a good one. Yeah. I think you you hit me with this before the podcast. I did. I, I was like, fuck, I don't want to think about that. And I still didn't. But I would have to say... <laughs> if you're down for a challenge, and if you're down for something special, and if you're down for something kind of nasty... Okay. Play this game. Okay. I, I That's good. That's a good review right there. I actually... Uh, that's in uh, Iambic uh, Pentameter. Is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. I don't, I don't, can you even tell me the parameters of iambic pentameter? It's what, mm. accented, unaccented? No, no, yeah, no. Stress, not stress. <laughs> you can't tell me, because. No. Yeah. I'm 28 years old. I am not going to lie to you. No. <laughs> you learned nothing in English 1. I didn't say I didn't learn it. Oh. You just I certainly <laughs> forgot it. You just left it at the door for Bloodborne lore. <laughs> You want to talk about Breedus a little bit more? <laughs> Let's wrap this shit up. Uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. This has been the uh, Blood Boy Bloodcast, a dissection of Bloodborne, a fantastic jammy from 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 software. From, from. Uh, we have been the Save Room Boys as well, and you can check us out on Twitter at Save Room Show. Uh, you're listening to this on SoundCloud, yeah. I think, right now. Anyway, hopefully. <laughs> So I don't need to shout that Whether out you found all. us by hashtag or us reposting it a hundred times because we're going to want people to hear this. Um, I might stream some more Bloodborne, so I'm going to give a quick shout out to... Yeah, my, where can people find you? Uh, thank you, dude. Yeah. It's twitch.tv slash the red herb, kind of yep. like Resident Evil. And Daniel's at... Uh, twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. There we go. Spell there it out is. for me. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, so, I, I abbreviated oh, on. it on air the other day to D&D TV, Dungeons and Daniels TV. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. It just had a good ring to it. Um, so he's going to stream that today. Uh, for me, maybe if I, I don't think I'll get this up in time, but uh, Monday I will be streaming my last playthrough, my last five hours of this game to the Platinum. So I'm stoked on that. Yes. All right, man. You feel good about calling it? Well met, good hunter. Let's fucking silence that bell. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Uh, yeah. All right. Good night. There we go. I just want to make sure we hit that point. <laughs> yeah, just something I was realizing as I was doing it. I'm like, um... Right, like, because I was thinking about that with my first playthrough, like... I mean, I didn't see any of the bosses. Like, none of those bosses. I yeah. just did the main through line. So it was so fucking insane to go To see the difference. Other. Well, yeah, you were still discovering stuff, like... Yeah. On this playthrough, just seeing shit where it's just like, I've never been to this level. Mm. <laughs> like, Kanehurst is such an integral part of the lore. Yeah. And to have not experienced that, what... Fuck. We yeah. need to do an episode. No, so that's just... We need to do an episode. And to know that I did it all... In one playthrough, it's like, yeah, I saw everything the game had to offer. Save for, like, some Chalice Dungeon stuff that I will never see, because I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm done with know, that buddy. shit. I'm done with that shit. I don't give a fuck. Right. Miyazaki, you could fucking suck my dick. Are you doing a mic test? What's going on? Yeah, it's just a mic test. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Um, I wouldn't tell Miyazaki to suck on. my dick for real. Because I want to sit right here. Let's see if this is a good vol- volume. Get me excited about something, dude. Um, Is your blood flowing? It's flowing! <laughs> <laughs> he's got the vile blood in him. Oh, jeez. Oh, look, he's... I got the pale blood, son. Look at... Little cummy. Definitely dangerous. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, that's our ad copy for pale blood. <laughs> <laughs> Little cummy? Little cummy?
super dangerous. What does a little cummy mean? Just like, a little cummy looking. Like ejaculatory mean? Yeah, for sure. Okay. A little cummy. That's a little cummy. <laughs> That's the kind of content we're putting out there, son. Pale blood. It's a little cummy. <laughs> I don't know that I can use that. Really? <laughs> Sony won't allow it. They're like, no, you can't use our properties like that. <laughs> <laughs> like you have missed like you don't even have a contract with us and you somehow broke it. <laughs> Shuhei's gonna kick the door and be like, Blood boys, we gotta drain you. I don't even think Shuhei would need to like do it himself. He'll like he'll have Sean Layden like stumble in like his fucking mafioso hitman. You think Sean Layden's the muscle in that operation? He's gonna he's gonna fucking shuriken and throw a PSP into your spine, <laughs> <laughs> and you will die instantaneously for referring to a Sony exclusive as a little cummy. <laughs> Man. Okay. I mean, I've said some foul stuff while playing Detroit, but like <laughs> this is this is explicit. <sighs> this this podcast is rated M. Do we have a warning tag on SoundCloud in any capacity? <laughs> I <don't> think so. <laughs> hey kids, come on in. It's the Blood Boy Bloodcast. <laughs> Get in while the water's still coagulating. <laughs> uh, cancel this podcast. <laughs> SoundCloud's just gonna knock on it. Hey, we gotta let you guys go. Your the bandwidth is just—it's uh, not right anymore. <laughs> They're like, it's a foul scene. Yeah. Thanks to these Washingtonians. The SoundCloud rappers muck it up enough. You guys are just making a fucking mockery of it. From Florida to WA, the things we say are not okay. A little commie. A little commie. <laughs> I hate that. Stop it. I'm going to cut the recording now. You've had enough.